Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Hardcore Mortgage Business Show podcast. Today is the day after the 2020 election. That would be Wednesday, November 4th, 2020. We're brought to you by Capital Mortgage Funding, always powered by Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation, Equal Housing Lender, 2289. And ladies and gentlemen, I am proud to present the day after the election, the inimitable, the uncomparable, Becky Alley, John Kolb, and Lisa Lawson. There they are, the panel hey. for the day. Hey, we're produced by and directed by Roberto Boucher. He's always in the booth. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a question for you right now. As we sit here today at about 11.35 on Wednesday, November 4th, the election is still in a state of flux. This is not a political show, but the election does affect us. It affects us in many ways. It affects the housing market. It affects the volatility of the bond market, which directly affects mortgage rates. And it directly affects people's psyche on what's going on. So I'm going to start off. Wow, the election's already affecting the market. Yesterday, mortgage rates and the day before, anticipating whatever they were anticipating, rates bumped up an eighth to a quarter in that range. The market seems to be settling down. The stock market is way up today. Becky Alley, I'm going to start with you. What's going on and how is it affecting us right now? Um, I feel like the market is reacting as we predicted. Um, We've been preaching leading up to the election to all of our clients, like, hey, if it makes sense, if you're flirting with refinancing, if you have an accepted offer, you need to secure the rate. Because last time we had an election, we literally saw some rate increase almost a half percent overnight. You know, so we're not seeing that kind of volatility just yet, but it's because I mean, the state of our uh, union is could not be more divided. But the one thing that is true is that the market is responding in a very uncertain way as well, because while, you know, we as a nation are divided, it's affecting the mortgage rates. So um, we were anticipating this. So we did the best we could to protect our clients in anticipation of this. But that doesn't mean that it still doesn't make sense to refinance. And that doesn't mean that just halt all your plans, because the rates, if they went from three to 3.125, I mean, that's not really worth losing any sleepover, but you want to make sure that you get ahead of the curve before, because we, like we said, we don't know whoever wins the election is going to determine what we might see the market do. Excellent overview. Lisa Lawson, what's your take on this? Yeah, same thing. I mean, all we can do is give you the knowledge and help you prepare. So if you're trying to avoid volatility, you probably should elect a couple days ago. Right now, we're going to go through some a little bit of instability. Um, you either have to be cool enough to hang in there and weather the storm and see if it um, you know, goes back to where they were, and they might not. It might always be a slight higher, might always be an eighth or a quarter higher. Um, but just because it might not be the rate you were hoping for doesn't mean that it doesn't make sense. You know, if you're still saving a significant amount of money monthly or you're reducing your term, you know, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't evaluate and move forward. So yeah, locking in your savings, locking in your rate. Listen, a bird in the hand, right? So lock it in now, you'll save money. Um, John Cole, we're talking about a couple different things here. Locking in a rate guarantees somebody's going to save money. Again, not a political show. And you've heard me say this now for going on 30 years. Rates can only do one of three things, right? It's pretty obvious, John. They can either go up, down, or stay the same. Two out of the three are pretty good. When they go up, people start to panic. But They shouldn't panic in this case, because even if they go up an eighth to a quarter, they're still at record low rates, right? So 
Does it really matter right now? Question number one. And part two of that question is, will the market settle down, John Cole? Well, I mean, we're in a totally different situation than we were in 2016, right? I mean, in yeah. 2016, the next day we knew who the who the president was. Um, now it'll probably be a couple days before we really know. The uncertainty in the uh, with knowing who our president is causing the stock market to be go into chaos, basically, and that's good for the bond market. So, I mean, you've got a couple days of some really nice rates coming out, and uh, and then after that, depending upon who gets elected and what stimulus package is chosen. We'll see what happens. You know, we could see rates go up, go down, but I agree with, you know, everything's, you know, get locked in. You got a couple nice days. So we're totally, we're in a totally different world than we were in 2016, because like Becky said, the day after uh, the election in 2016, we saw rates go up. Right now we're seeing the bond market rally a little bit, you know, going back uh, to what it was about 30 days ago, which were some really nice rates. So I think we, um, take advantage of it, make sure we get our clients the best information, lock in and, and move forward, charge on. Yeah, because of a chaotic market or a chaotic bond market or stock market, Becky Alley, one thing that we can count on being stable is how we here internally are going to handle our clients. When I say handle them, it's not unusual, Becky Alley, for all of us to call our clients and say, hey, listen, Here's the direction of the market. If I were you, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lock you in. I'm going to guarantee you this rate, and I'm going to guarantee you the savings. I think that's one of the things that our clients can depend on us, no matter what the market is. And we always say it, we're like a duck on a pond. We're very calm with our clients, very above board, but underneath, we might be scrambling, but nobody ever notices that, right? Yeah, I mean, we try to take the transparent approach. I mean, I, there's nothing that I'm going to see that I'm not going to share with you. So if you ask me my honest opinion, I'm going to give it to you. Obviously, you're the one that's driving the bus. We're here to not count your dollars or spend your money, but we are going to be a sounding board and an advocate for you because we see what's happening on a daily basis. So if someone is asking me, hey, what do you think the market's going to do? I'm going to tell you, look, you need to lock. If you are happy with saving a hundred dollars a month, or if you're okay with a $1,200 payment at this rate, let's lock and load and let's move on and not look back because you're not, you're going to lose sleep over trying to save $5. And at the end of the day, the $5 that you may, may save cool. But if you end up not saving that $5, it's going to ruin your world. So why do that to yourself? So Jess, if it makes sense today, let's lock it in and let's just move on and not look back. Yeah, I think that that's true. I think uh, as soon as you put somebody in a position where they're succeeding, I think that they're happy with that. Now, let's get uh, last subject of, of the volatility. Last, last topic of this is the volatility for the next how many days? It's going to be volatile here probably till the end of the week. And then what you're probably going to see probably is you're going to see a contested election in certain states. OK, there's going to be some things going on, Lisa Lawson that it's out of our control, well within the right to go ahead and question the election. How does that affect us? Well, I'm going to tell you this. I believe that the market will already factor in whoever is ahead at the time that whomever is going to contest it, the market already build that in. Okay, they're already going to say, this is going to be the president of the United States, and we're going to roll from here. So without asking you to give a prediction, by saying that it's going to be volatile, at least through the end of the week, maybe the next couple of weeks, do things, you know, are, are things going to go back to normal in terms of the market? Uh, purchase market. 
purchase market, Lisa Lawson, we know November is going to be a strong month because we're already in it. What do you foresee for your purchase market? What's the vibe you're getting from all your realtors, all the agreements that you're bringing in for December and beyond? Yeah, I mean, I actually got a couple purchase agreements over the weekend with closing dates in the first two weeks of December. So I think that I always tell people, if you want to control the situation, let's get started, let's get in, originated and locked. The minute you're locked, you don't have to worry about what the rates are doing, what might happen two weeks from now. You know, so the people who actually purchase agreements right now, they're actually in a good position. I feel like they can control this scenario. They can control their outcome. If you're out there looking and you haven't found the perfect house, you know, yes, the rate might go up a quarter point. You know, it, it might be a month before you find a house and the rate might be slightly higher, but there's still great inventory out there and it shouldn't procure, it shouldn't prohibit you from purchasing a home. A home is an investment um, and rates are still, you know, over the course of history, over, you know, over tens and tens of thousands, you know, hundreds of years practically, some of the lowest they've ever been. There's no reason not to take advantage of that. You know, I, my mom always tell you that rates were in double digits when she bought her house and we're nowhere near that. So they should still be excited and take advantage of that. Obviously, around the holidays, things slow up a tiny bit. I think that's the norm. Um, but I don't think we're going to have the same slowdown as we've had in years past. Yeah, John, what about you? What do you see in the purchase market? I know you're out there with the realtor community a lot. I know you have uh, uh, deep connections in there. We know that November will be a short month because of Veterans Day and because of Thanksgiving coming up. And then Christmas is right around the corner. What are you seeing in your community? What, what are the realtors telling you? I mean, they're still seeing a lot of uh, competition out there with uh, with bids. You know, it's uh, it's not easy to get anything accepted. Um, multiple, multiple people have lost out on opportunities because they don't put in an appraisal waiver, which in years past, we would have said, that's crazy. Don't put an appraisal waiver in there. But it seems that that's how sellers are accepting offers now. You can put a strong offer, 15, 20 grand above purchase price. But if you don't have that appraisal guarantee, appraisal waiver in there, um, you're, uh, you're kind of missing out on the boat with some of these sellers. So it's a different world. It's a little bit riskier of a world. Riskier of a world. And, uh, you know, you got to be able to take that risk and, and go with it. You make sure you talk to your seasoned loan officer who knows, uh, hey, worst case scenario, this is what you're going to end up having to come to closing with if it doesn't appraise out. So that you know, worst case scenario, what you got to get yourself into to get the home. Yeah. Hey, Becky, we're still seeing that, aren't we? Are you still seeing these appraisal contingencies and everything like that? But right now, fast, an article came out, Becky, fastest home price gains since 2004 and inventories are dwindling. Well, here we are in November in Michigan, going into December, January and February. What's your realtor community telling you? And are they still putting in those crazy contingencies and multiple offer situations? Um, I've had a couple, I mean, for me, I'm not, we're not slowing down on purchases. Um, you know, so like, I feel like it's, and it's actually been a little bit of a push for purchases over the last two weeks for me. And everyone's kind of pushing to get in because it's now it's that rush, 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 because people want to close before Thanksgiving or they want to close before Christmas or new year's. Right. So I'm seeing a huge push and I have seen a couple where they have put in no appraisal needed. When in reality, we do need an appraisal. They kind of misworded the information on the, the contract. I mean, so what some people think are, okay, there is a difference between if you get a property inspection waiver, okay? So that means that the market is true to what your purchase price is and your credit criteria allows you to not have an appraisal technically if you want. Now, I had someone in that situation where they still opted for the appraisal because they thought the house was a little bit 
overshot because of the multiple offer situations. So just because we had an appraisal waiver, meaning a property inspection waiver, we did not need an appraisal. My clients still opted to have an appraisal because they felt they are overpaying for the home because of the multiple offer situation. So you need to be educated. You don't need to just overpay for a house just because it's a competitive market. You need to be smart. You need to be strategic. And if you got to do what you got to do, get the offer and get your foot in the door, you can do that. But it's always your right to have an appraisal, whether you need one or not in that particular situation. So panel, I got a call over the weekend from a friend of mine who's buying a condo. And uh, he says to me, what do I do? I know I'm overpaying. I said, what do you mean? What do you do? Do you like the condo or not? And if you know you're overpaying, then what does it matter? Because if you know you're overpaying and you're calling me to ask me if I think it's going to appraise out, my opinion is we have to wait and see what it appraises for. Did you have an appraisal contingency on there? And if you really want the property and you know you're overpaying, I guess what's the difference at this point in time? It's all disclosure, right? If you want the property, you know you're overpaying, you know it's going to come in under the purchase price, then isn't it the client's decision whether they got to move on from there, Lisa Lawson? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and one person's overpaying. Oh, boy. Hit your button, Lise. Hit the last thing. Uh-oh. It's all good. Hey, Eric, you know, it's uh, just... Part of uh, the there you go, Lise. Is she back? Yeah, I'm she's back. back. I'm sorry. Clients are calling. My bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people go in with the intent of with the overbidding, and they're going to pay the difference. And other people go in overbidding with the intent that the house won't appraise, and they'll have the opportunity to renegotiate. You know, you have to be very educated and understand your game plan because it doesn't work the same for everybody. You know, if your goal is to, I'm going to overbid because I'm going to, you know, renegotiate when the appraisal comes in short, not all sellers are willing to renegotiate. Some sellers are going to say, look, you accepted the offer on those terms. And if you don't want to pay that price, we're putting it back on the market. So you have to really work with, you know, everybody that's part of this transaction. Make sure you understand what you're doing and what you're getting yourself into. John, why don't you add to that? And I see you have our smarty buddy up there. So go ahead and add. To oh, oh, do I? Oh, do I? I didn't know. What, what happened this past weekend? Anything uh, monumental that we can post about in our office? Um, yeah, forget the election. Uh, Michigan State came out on top. And uh, you know what? I'm proud of that. Uh, so, you know, the realtor market out there, it's strong. Uh, we love our realtor partners. And uh, we just got to make sure that we keep uh, rolling with things. Um, keep doing. Hey, realtors out there, if you're listening, we need more than 29 days on a purchase agreement. It's just, it's just, it's a point. It's, and you want somebody who's busy because that means they're doing the right thing for their clients and people are flooding them because they know that they're going to get taken care of. So we're busy. We need a little bit more time than 25, 29 days on purchase agreements. And uh, that's a good thing. It, you know, it's, it's not brain surgery. It doesn't need to be done right away. We'll get it done. And that's because because the appraiser, our vendor partners are busy. Title companies, we say it, we've said it the last two months. Uh, title companies are busy. They're pushing out closings. Appraisers are busy. Inspectors are busy. Everybody's busy right now. You can't be writing 29-day purchase agreements. It's just not going to happen. So, uh, Becky Ellie, we're going to start the wrap-up right now. A couple different questions I have for you are as follows. I'm going to give the, the entire panel, I want to know your opinion. December, January, and February. Let's talk about the next 90 some odd days, 90 plus days. What's your opinion? Will this election 
slow down purchases and slow down refinances, Becky L. I mean, I think we're still going to see an influx. I don't think we're going to slow down. Um, I feel like twenty twenty has been a roller coaster. I feel like we as Americans are always adapting to the situation and we're ready to roll. I don't think we're going to let, um, you know, the there was like with the COVID and the shutdowns, I feel like that was a shock to us as nations, as, as a people, we've never like dealt with that. And it's been like a hundred years, I feel like since the last kind of something like that has happened to us. So um, I feel like that we were taken back by that, but I mean, I feel like we're resilient and I don't think that we're going to let either party dictate um, our lives. So I feel like people are out there, they want to buy houses, they want to refinance, they want to take advantage of um, the equity in their home. And I say, let's do it. I mean, we're going to unite and, you know, obviously we are divided as far as our views, but that doesn't mean that we're divided as far as what our goals are. So we're here to help you. And I feel like we're going to see a, a, a push and no slowdown in my opinion. So Becky, you're a thumbs up on the business, right? I'm thumbs, thumbs up. up. There you go. Beautiful. Lisa Lawson. Yeah. Thumbs up. I mean, I try to explain to people, um, it did not matter who pre the president was. People have purchased homes every single year, every single decade. It wasn't like all of a sudden nobody bought houses because Nixon was president. It's not how it works. So the same is going to continue. People are going to buy homes regardless of who is elected. It's just, it's just the nature of business. You know, people don't maybe get sick of renting and paying for their landlord. So um, in regards to rates, obviously they're a little volatile right now. No one can predict it, but rates are still at all time lows. Even if they increase a, a slight bit, whatever, they're still most likely lower than what you could be paying had you bought your home, you know, five, 10 years ago. So I don't think um, that refinancing is going to slow down. And so many people have equity now that they didn't have before. They're really tapping into that equity, losing PMI, taking cash out for home improvements. None of that's going to change. So, yeah, thumbs up big time. So you're a thumbs up. John Cole, yep. what say you? Thumbs up. <laughs> Sparty John says Cole it. Cole says thumbs up. Sparty it says almost thumbs looks like a up. Saying, Sparty says thumbs up. <laughs> wow, that's excellent. Well, I'm going to make it a clean sweep, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, the clean sweep is, is that we see business, I see business, something going like this. Uh, a generation ago, the baby boomers were buying houses, and now the millennials are buying houses. And, uh, you know, we didn't think that, or the experts didn't think that a year ago, the millennials, you know, were going to buy a house. They thought they were going to live in a commune situation forever and ever and ever, and that wasn't going to happen. They never wanted to get out of college. And uh they were just going to go all live together in a, uh, an upscale dormitory. Nope, not going to happen. Millennials are buying houses now at record numbers, just like the predecessors did. And that's going to continue. Rates are going to continue to stay low. What do I mean by low? In the early 1980s, we were double-digit interest rates. Right now, we're at all-time lows. Um, even if the rates went up to 5%, okay, big deal, 5% is free money. That's my take on that. I think that the home buying season – um, because of a lack of quality inventory on the market, inventory is down, which creates a supply and demand effect. Ecom 101, we're still going to have a lot of people bidding on homes with multiple offers. As far as the refinance market panel, uh, look, at, there's still millions of people out there able to save trillions of dollars. And that's what we do here. We save tens of thousands of families each and every year, millions and millions of dollars. We're going to continue to do that. Uh, we're gearing up. We're gearing up for a very strong winter. It might be cold outside, but it's going to be warm in people's houses because we're going to save them a lot of money. Um, you know, general panel, guys, uh, you know, I appreciate you. We're all healthy. We're in the middle of the pandemic. As uh, Becky 
you know, Becky mentioned that. And we've adjusted as a population, right? We've adjusted as a population. We understand the numbers are going up. We understand this is here to stay until we have treatment and a vaccine. We're going to adjust because we always do adjust. Becky said it perfectly. We always make the necessary adjustments and we move on. So I believe at least for the next, look, at, I'm not going to predict the whole 2021, but I think it's going to be a very, very strong winner in the purchase market, very strong winner in the refi market. And uh, I just want everybody to stay healthy and happy. Uh, John Cole, Lisa Lawson, Becky Alley, you guys are amazing. We're in here grinding it out every single day for our clients. Our clients have been very good, very patient, and, uh, you know, we're able to provide a service for them that, that they truly need. And you know what? If you love something and you love to do something, it's not work every day. We've got a collective over 100 years of experience staring at you right in the face right now. Over 100 years. That's a lot. So look for November to be strong. Whatever happens with the election, we know there's going to be a little volatility probably in society, but uh, we'll keep it going. And for John Kolb, Lisa Lawson, Becky Alley, the best originators in the business, bar none, and I am not biased. It's just a fact. You cannot dispute the facts. For Roberto Beauchene, it's been Harry Glantz, Hardcore Mortgage Business and Real Estate Show. We missed Harvey Free today. Harvey's out, out closing some loans today. We appreciate him too, as always. We'll see you next week.